0: listening to Game on DC, your home for local gaming and esports news in the DMV. Find the show on social media at Game on DC and by using the hashtag GoDC. Without further
1: ado, here are your hosts, John and Joey. What's up, DMV? Welcome to Game on DC, a podcast dedicated to you, the gamers and esport fanatics, right here in the East Coast capital of eSports. My name is John, and I am joined once again by the king of the courtside, Joey. What's up, buddy?
2: Johnny, my boy, life is great. There are so many good things happening in eSports and gaming in the DMV area right now.
1: Johnny? Wow, that was, that was left field. I like it, though. I like it. We're not going to keep it, though. Joey, <laughs> we have another great episode covering the gaming and eSports scene right here in the DMV. Let's waste no more time and jump into what's
2: going on with Around the Beltway. John, we have a lot happening. Friday, December 21st, the Game Gym's Flexmas event will be happening. It's going to be going on from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Game Gym in Potomac, Maryland. That is 7825 Tuckerman Lane, number 204. Again, Potomac, Maryland, zip code 20854 for those of you that like using GPSs. The event is going to be free to members, $10 for non-members. That includes your entry fee as well as the event venue fee. Entry fees will result in a monetary prize payout, which will vary depending on the overall size of the tournament. Obviously, fewer people, smaller prize pool, more people, so keep inviting your friends. The more people there, the more money you can win. You can register at smash.gg forward slash tournament forward slash Flexmas.
1: Flexmas. What an, what an awesome name, first off. I absolutely love the idea of Flexmas. Uh, the Flex program that the uh, the great people at Game Gym have been putting on, it's been absolutely fantastic I love this twist with the holiday season coming around, calling it Flexmas. That's just great marketing, in my personal opinion. I think that's absolutely great. But what an amazing opportunity to continue to grow eSports and and really promote the game gym here with this Smash tournament. Smash, a a game that has been popular for years, now with Smash Ultimate out, taking over the gaming universe, it feels like. This is going to be absolutely great.
2: Yeah, it really feels like Smash is the Fortnite of the season at the moment. Fortnite was hugely popular from June till now. It still is really popular. But Smash is just taking off ever since its release last week. This is another big tournament coming out. The Game Gym is going to support Smash via programs and classes as well. So if you want to get to know some of those coaches who might help you improve in Smash, maybe if you're going to be a main of a certain character down the line, you can go in here and end up meeting those coaches, getting an idea of how they play, getting an idea of the concepts they bring into their individual game, as well as compete to win some cool cash prizes here. Really, really like this event, John. But that is not the only Smash event. We also have Capital Underground presenting a Smash Ultimate game night as well, hosted at the Inclusive Innovation Incubator known as in 3 in Northwest D.C. That is 2301 Georgia Avenue Northwest, Washington, D.C., 2001. This tournament is free to enter, with a $100 cash prize going to the overall winner. Second place and third place do not get prize money in this one. It is winner takes all. $100 on the table. You can find the event on eventbrite.com to register. So two great smash events coming out, John, Friday night. Flex is an awesome event. We've seen great things from that. Cap Underground working with in 3 for another event here too. If you want to win a lot of money, Your best bet is going to be the Game Gyms Flexmas if they get a lot of members joining in. At the same point, if you are confident in your skills and you think you can take it all, regardless, hundred dollars on the line at Cap Underground Smash Tournament.
1: Yeah, if you know you can take it all, I mean, you win a cool, crisp one hundred dollar bill. We don't know if it's going to be a hundred dollar bill or not. It's probably going to be some twenties or some tens in there too. But (laughs) one hundred dollars for the Capital Underground Smash event. Uh, two great Smash events. Really, it's gonna be hard to pick and choose which ones you would like to go to, but what an amazing time to be here in the DC area if you're a Smash player. The scene keeps growing and growing. Smash, already a popular game in this region. These events, they're gonna keep coming, So. Make sure you stay tuned to Game On DC with what's going on with Smash in the DMV.
2: John, with us being around the holidays, there aren't too many other big events happening, but there are a lot of regular events that are still going to continue through this Christmas holiday season. Be sure to also check out our local gaming center's websites and social media accounts as they have regularly scheduled events throughout the week as well. These centers include, but are not limited to, the Cave Gaming Center in Fairfax, Virginia, Soul PC Game Center in Annandale, Virginia, Tech Time Gaming Lounge in Woodbridge, Virginia, which is that brand new one we just spoke about on the last episode, Xanadu Games at Laurel Park, Maryland, and the Game Gym in Potomac, Maryland.
1: With the rise of gaming and esports around the globe, we are starting to see the emergence of specialized training facilities that focus on gaming. One of those centers just so happens to be right here in our turf. On this episode's Community Spotlight, we're turning our focus to the Game Gym in Potomac, Maryland a gaming center that, according to their website, shifts the focus from online play back to live play, combining the social and competitive aspects of the old-school arcade with the coaching and structure of traditional sports. From the Game Gym, please welcome the owner, Josh Hafkin. Welcome to Go DC. Thank you guys so much. Woo!
0: The crowd goes wild! (laughs) <laughs>
1: all right. So well, we're just going to start with a couple of backgrounds. Uh, so just in case uh, for our listeners who are listening, if this is their first time meeting Josh, uh, we just want to go over some few things to reintroduce you to the community. So first, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in gaming as well as comp- uh, competitive sports.
0: Sure. Uh, so I started um, pretty much playing everything like every kid did. I played games. I played sports. Um, I, I kind of did it all and touched it all. And when I was, they always, you know, would interject or not interject, uh, interact at different times. So, um, you know, we'd be at a swim meet and to kill times at a swim meet, we'd be playing on our game boy or, or doing different things like that. So eventually I, I kind of gravitated towards swimming. I became a swimmer and really committed my life to that. And, um, once I retired from swimming, I realized and look back what, a, uh, at what, a, a special, thing that games had been all this whole, you know, in the background my whole life. And so as I was trying to find these things that I was passionate about um, to, you know, figure out what I was going to do with my career, I realized that it was coaching, it was competition, and, uh, you know, eSports were really kind of emerging on a, on the national scale at that time. And so I was able to, to fuse all these passions together.
1: All right. So one thing that you touched on your about Us section on the website is being able to blend traditional, uh, stru- traditional structure of sports with the old school arcade experience. Do you feel like you may have an advantage in helping train our gaming youth for that next level using that experience in traditional sports? Absolutely. Um, I've spent probably uh,
0: over a decade either training myself and going through a season or being a coach and training others through that process in athletics. And so, you know, what we're doing now is helping our kids understand, uh, you know, not just how to play the game, but how to practice the game, which is a really important shift. And we're trying to help them do it in a healthy and balanced way. And just like sports, if you want your body to perform at a high level, if you want to, you know, have your focus be top, uh, and, and you know, have your you all those little things come together. You got to treat your body right. You got to eat well. You got to get good rest. You got to put the game down or step away from the athletics and, and do something else so that you can become a well-balanced individual. And so, you know, my traditional sports background has defined everything that the game gym is.
1: What was your vision when you went about creating the game gym, being so new to this idea of, training our kids for the next level of video games, kind of like we see in the, in our local YMCAs and boys and girls club.
0: Yeah. So there's no local coaches and there, you know, for me, what I realized, I was trying to get better at street fighter and I realized that there was, you know, no place that I could go to learn street fighter. You know, there was like a dude's basement, but you know, I wasn't, you know, a hundred percent, uh, cool with that. Um, And a lot of those places are very welcoming and and people are great, but you know, it, it it wasn't as obvious as it should have been in terms of making sure that, you know, if you want to learn how to play basketball, there's a basketball camp or courts. If you want to learn how to swim, there's pools and camps and things like that. Like, where do you go if you want to learn esports? What I realized was through that process of me trying to get better at something, I realized it didn't exist. So then the question became, not does it exist, but how do we build it? At the very basic sense, all we needed to do was get a coach and uh, a kid or, or you know, uh, somebody in the room and start that process of in-person, really pointed practice. My coach always said, if you're not practicing with a purpose, you're not practicing. So, you know, I spent a lot of time playing Street Fighter, but I didn't spend a whole lot of time practicing. And I wasn't getting better because of that. So there was a lot of these kind of things that converged that led to the game gym. And that, that, you know, that struggle and, and looking out in my community and not seeing that resource uh, for me made me realize that that resource didn't exist uh, for other people. And with the rise of Fortnite and all the kids playing, there's nobody teaching our kids how to behave online, when to put the game down that you can actually be better if you put the game down and all these other little things. So, you know, the shift shifted from focusing on my game playing to focusing
1: on future generations of, of gamers. All right. And has that vision that vision changed uh, over the, the time period you've been open? Has it been able to evolve into areas that you didn't foresee it going into? And if it has, uh, how has that benefited the game, gym? One of the things that we started doing, which was,
0: Really, really cool was summer camps um, and, and winter break, and we do spring break camps as well. But what the camps do is they give people a very cool first introduction to eSports. They're also a great revenue driver. So you know for us to survive to do the eSports training that we want to do, we leaned heavily into summer camps. So this next summer we've got 11 weeks of summer camp from the day the kids get out of school till pretty much labor day we're going to be grinding. The goal is to give a bunch of kids a really, really cool experience and a great introduction to eSports, as well as, um, you know, have a blast and, and, you know, have a real fun, like kind of true summer camp experience.
2: So Josh, there are a number of things that set the game gym apart. Obviously summer camp being one of them from a traditional internet or gaming cafe. One of those most prominent obviously being your instructional programs as well. Can you tell us a bit about the instructional programs that your facility offers?
0: We offer classes in Overwatch, League of Legends, and Super Smash Bros. And, um, you know, the whole idea is that each day you come in, you're coming in and we're working on a specific skill or strategy for you to go to a competition at the end of the season and, and you know, give it your best shot. We're not concerned with winning and losing. What we're concerned with is putting the effort in throughout the season and, um, and going to that end of year competition, which we call our summits, and you know giving it your best shot uh we just last week we finished our first fall summit which we call ignite for league of legends and overwatch and on december 21st we have our uh super smash bros summit uh which we call flex but this one is special because it's the end of year and christmas so we're calling this one flexmas
2: Ooh, i like it yeah right (laughs) <laughs> and then obviously, the programs are going to vary from day to day as far as what the particulars are, but could you give us an idea of what a day in a program would look like?
0: Sure. So, you know, Super Smash Brothers is a game that, that everybody is really interested in right now, and a lot of people are trying to get into su- uh, competitive Smash. So, you know, one of the things that we need to first teach people is what are your options? A lot of people have played Smash or they know how to play Smash, but, you know, if I ask them what an F tilt is or what you know, a back air or, or, you know, some of the lingo, you know, you can see that they know conceptually how to play, but, you know, in terms of the deeper level of understanding, they, they aren't there yet. So we're teaching people, you know, the actual move sets, which moves are optimal. We talk about frame data and all the, the details that go into the game, you know, air speed and walk speed and all these little, little intricacies. So, you know, if somebody was going to come in on a specific day, maybe one of the things that we would work on is movement and we would uh, move our characters in different ways and give our guys different uh, tests, different kind of uh, challenges that they would have to execute to maximize their characters movement. And each character is different. And the drills that we put together for them to practice these different things are different as well. So you know, to first be able to manage your character, you have to understand how your character moves. So, you know, we kind of break things down to the very basics. And on a given day, the way we would work it is you'd come in, you warm up for 10, 15 minutes. We have about 10, 15 minutes where we go over the, the, the skill or strategy of the day, either show you some videos, maybe do a couple demonstrations, uh, you know, write it out on the whiteboard. And then the last hour would be practicing those skills um, you know say for movement maybe it's doing a single hop double jump and then a, a you know full double jump up B so that you can get the maximum distance out of your jump so you know exactly where you're gonna end up at each at, at the end of each of those uh, inputs so for us it's it's really breaking down things and even though you know everybody might know what these things are um, I kind of you know treat it like free throws. It doesn't matter how good you are. Everybody's got to practice free throws. Even the guys who are the best of the best at the end of their career, they're still shooting, you know, a hundred free throws a day just to, you know, keep everything sharp. And I think that that's kind of what we try to instill in our kids as well.
2: Oh, Josh, that program sounds so useful. I feel like you almost need to add an adult program for John and I as well. (laughs) Oh,
0: you know, we're actually working on that. Oh,
2: Uh, have a number
0: of parents who have said, Hey, my kids really want to play want me to play smash with them and i don't know how like can you guys teach us so we're actually working on some adult classes and going to be putting out some adult overwatch adult league of legends and adult smash classes.
2: oh and then you can do like parent and kid tournaments too that would be so cool i think it would be really
0: cool to do uh, a duo like a 2v2 parent son game uh, or tournament that would be awesome
1: and and just real quick i'm, I'm gonna hop in here Uh, Josh, you and I uh, were both on an interview uh, with Confident Gamers, and and we talked about the idea of using video games as a parenting tool. This program sounds like a great way to help educate and train these parents to see the positives in video games and using that as a way to connect with their children and connect with them in a way that that may help them become a better parent.
0: You're absolutely right. Um, I compare it a lot to like... You know what I imagine people went through with rock and roll, and you could either be a parent who says rock and roll is I don't like it, I don't want it, I don't understand it, and you know ban it from your house, and then your kid will go over to somebody else's house and listen to rock and roll, or you can embrace it. You can ask them to take you to a show, help them understand, and and that thing that becomes a pain point, or that was a pain point, maybe becomes something that you guys can bond over. So you know. That is how I want our parents thinking about this kind of stuff. Uh, if you immediately dismiss it, if you think that it doesn't have value, um, it's not gonna, you're not going to be able to get through to your kid in the same way than if you say, well, help me understand, teach me how to play. And also, the more that you learn about the game, the more that you can regulate and make rules. If you don't understand the game, if you don't understand how an Xbox works, you don't understand... Um, you know, the, what your kids are playing, you won't be able to set parameters to what they're playing. And I think that that's a really big thing that parents struggle with is that you can't make rules for things you don't understand. And a lot of parents either are incredibly overwhelmed by video games immediately and therefore it's just so daunting that they don't even touch it or they don't, you know, put in the effort to, to really get to learn. You know, a lot of parents pick up an Xbox controller and immediately look at me like they're lost. I always say, well, think about the first time you laid your hands on a keyboard whenever you started to type. And you had to sit there and you had to look at your fingers and you had to point them where they were going to go. And then you practiced and then you put repetitions in. And now you could type without looking. The same kind of work has to be put in to understand how to how to you know handle a controller. But if you treat it as if you're supposed to be good right away, you're going to be unsuccessful. So, you know what I'm trying to do is have parents treat, uh, you know, gaming almost if it's like typing or learning a musical instrument. You're not going to be good right away. Nobody picks up a saxophone and just like is good at the saxophone. You have to practice. You have to figure out where your fingers are supposed to go and in what order. And and if you're not going to put the time in, you're not going to be good. So my job is to make as many comparisons to typing or music or you know free throws so that. People who understand those things can get, you know, use those analogies to, to, you know, hopefully bring them a little bit closer to their kids.
2: Yeah. I just remember being in like high school and playing league of legends and my parents are like, Hey, it's time to eat. And I'm like, well, Hey, I can't quit because I'm in this game, but they had no idea what that meant. They didn't understand the penalties that would come about it. And then from the other side, had they known that the games take like 45 minutes at that time, they could have said, Hey, don't start a new game. Dinner's going to be ready in 30 minutes. So I feel like it opens up communication options as well between the parents and the kids too.
0: Dude, that league, I think, is a great example. You know, I think a lot of kids, like, you know, you're in game. You get penalized if you leave. Parents don't understand that. And 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 parents don't understand too. If you get penalized, it might bring you down a rank or this or that. You know, there's ramifications to just leaving the game. So, you know, the like exactly like you said, a parent who knows the game, who can who can articulate like, oh well, you know, the the meta is, you know, about 25 minutes a game right now. Sure, we got time versus like, oh, well, this meta is really slow. It's going to be 45 minutes to an hour. He doesn't have time. You know, maybe you don't have to go that deep, but like having a basic understanding will help you manage, you know, this whole thing and and put put some, you know, I think proper and adequate, you know, rules to things. I think what ends up happening sometimes is that sometimes the parent says, yeah, go play. And sometimes they say don't. And because they don't understand, now the kid is getting mixed messages. And so that's a real struggle because you know, the parent isn't 100% sure what they're actually you know, making rules for.
2: Yeah, I think it's a game changer as far as parent-child communication. So I really like about this, the idea of this new program, and I'm excited to see what comes of it. I think
0: um, you know, what I see, at least uh, on the day-to-day level, is our kids are incredibly smart, and they progress in the game very quickly. But the other thing that's very cool to see in our program is, you know, kids come in and and maybe they're, you know, a little shy at first, but then like after a couple days, you know, they're they're chatting, they're running around the place doing backflips down the middle and it's really cool to see the transition from, you know, hey, games or something that that are not, you know, don't really have value to hey, games have value and we could do them together. And that's a really, really cool thing to see.
2: So the other thing, John, or John, Josh, you started alluding to it. When you talk about Ignite, so the Game Gym recently partnered up with Stevenson University's eSports program to host this tournament called Ignite at the new Tech Time Gaming Lounge in Woodbridge. Josh, what is Ignite and how do you see Ignite playing a role in Game Gym's curriculum moving forward?
0: Yeah, so we have to have things to shoot for. And at this point, you know, there are no local competitions really for kids. There's a couple, but what we really wanted to do is, is treat it like sports in the sense that you have something to work towards. We have this fall season. It starts in September it ends um, in in January or at the end of December. And, um, and we have to give somebody, you know, something to work for. So our, our staff came together and, um, and we found this amazing partner in Stevenson and our kids who play League of Legends and Overwatch. This was their end of season summit, which we've uh, which we've called Ignite. So at the end of each season, we will have a, a championship or a competition. And, um, you know, the thing that I was really, really excited about was that our our kids are and members had an opportunity to go somewhere else where they were uncomfortable And have to perform and they did such a great job. So the goal was, I want you guys to go play, go to a new setup, a place that is completely, you know, unfamiliar to you, but figure out the things that you need to do to compete. And our kids rose to the occasion. I I was really, really impressed with, with how they were able to manage, prepare, and, and then actually execute as well.
2: And Josh, you are not the only coach at the game gym. Can you give us the resume? You don't have to list out a ton of different things, but give us some idea of what your other coaches at the game gym are like.
0: You know, I think that the, our coaches are incredible. Um, I think that they are, you know, not just wonderful people, but we also have, um, you know, top 500 players in the world. We have, uh, grandmasters, we have, uh, you know, uh, and that's on the gaming side. One of our coaching staff is a lawyer. We've got an engineer. We've got a, a veteran, like Everybody's coming from different points of view, but the thing that brought us all together was our love of games and our passion for helping the future generations. So at Ignite over the weekend, all the coaches or a number of our coaches were able to come and whether it was, you know, being on stream, helping us with, with uh social and, and photography, actually working with the kids on day of and, and making sure that they feel comfortable, our coaches were you know, and are, um, the lifeblood of what we do. So, you know, top notch people as well as incredibly, incredibly great competitors.
2: Yeah. You have some great coaches there. I know all the open house events we've been to all the other tournaments that you guys have hosted. It's just been a pleasure talking with the coaches. They're very down to earth, but they also have such a high level of knowledge of the games they compete in.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I, I just, I got really lucky and also I'm the only one. So you know, there's, there's two things is that, you know, we just happen to have these brilliant, talented people who happen to live and work in, you know, the Rockville Potomac, you know, DC area. Um, so, you know, we got very, very lucky in that sense, but also as the only person doing this, uh, we get, you know, the best of the best. So it's really nice to be able to, you know, have high quality people, high quality coaches, but also they, they want this, um, the way that that they progress in their careers is through esports and in this area there aren't too many opportunities uh, for esports so i'm really excited that i could provide opportunities for our kids but also these amazing opportunities for our coaches one of our coaches um, just was was uh named the league of legends head coach for catholic university which was amazing they ended up coming to us and asking us to help them build their esports program and through that process, we're so impressed that they hired one of our staff members to be their head coach. So um, the staff to me is is everything, and and I'm just so excited that you know through our program, they're able to accelerate their careers.
2: Josh, you also mentioned how the pro scene is not quite there at the youth level, but obviously the game gym is making huge strides in that area. We also look at the pro scene in D.C., which is growing now. We have D.C. United entering in the EMLS. The Caps are possibly teasing entering into the NHL's eSports League. Oh,
0: my God. That was so exciting.
2: (laughs) And the NBA 2K League, they're there. We have Overwatch League in D.C. now with the Washington Justice. There's so much happening in the pro scene. What do you think of all this change in D.C. as far as eSports goes? And how will it drive kids toward the game, Jim?
0: I love it. I think that it's so cool. Um, You know, I'm a dc fan you know i'm a i'm a i'm a nats fan i'm a i'm a washington football team fan i'm a i'm a uh, wizards fan and you know for me the the to be able to have hometown esports is just so cool um and also that there are our friends too you know like it, it, it's amazing um to have these other people who you know through our network we've been able to develop great relationships with and support each other um and, and, you know, I really want, you know, it's a dream of mine to have a game gym kid someday play for a, well, any pro team. That would be amazing. But a, a home, home team would be pretty cool as well. Um, and I think that, you know, it also would help the pro teams. Um, you know, I think that there's a reason why, um, you know, Alabama and Mississippi and Florida produce the best football, football coaches or uh, football players. And I think it's because they're, youth football is incredibly strong in the same way that, you know, Maryland lacrosse or, or North Carolina and Indiana basketball, the places that have that, that history of, you know, creating environments where people can excel are where people will excel. And I think that, you know, what I want to do is, you know, through our program and hopefully others that will, will spring up is, is, you know, there will be competition. And through that competition, um, our esports athletes in this area will be better than the other ones in, in other areas. So um, I'm really excited to be able to be part of building that. I think that what we're building is the bottom rungs to the ladder so that, you know, if, if you want pro esports to continue to expand, you got to have youth esports. And, and right now, the bottom rungs to the esports professional ladder don't exist in the same way they do for traditional sports. So for basketball, you play rec, you play AAU, play high school, play college, play pro. That, that, that ladder is very defined and that's just one of the various ladders that you can climb. In esports, there are no, there are no bottom rungs to that ladder um, or they're very, very few. So you know, to be able to build that, the bottom rungs to the ladder, um, I think is, is a legacy that I'm, I'm really excited to leave in this area.
1: All right, Josh, we can't let you off the show without some coaching advice. So hypothetically speaking, let's say there is a host of this podcast trying to get better at Smash Ultimate, and he mains the powerhouse known as Jigglypuff. (laughs) What advice would you give Joey? You were,
0: you are a Jigglypuff man.
1: (laughs) Um, So one of the things is I'd
0: say send me your switch code because we need to practice. You know, like I, I want, you know, one of the things that we need to do is just play. Um, that's a huge thing. But the other thing is to think about it as if it's not a, 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 about winning and losing. If you focus on every win, every loss, as if it's, you know, winning the Super Bowl or losing the Super Bowl, it's going to be an incredibly long learning process. So, you know, I'm all about treating it as if it's a continuous thing. Uh, we're going to play 50,000 games of Smash. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Just do the things that you need to do, which is put in time, learn your character, learn the matchups, and then actually be able to execute because there's a whole big gap between understanding what to do and being able to execute in competition that just takes time. So one of the things is like reshifting how you think about practicing. This is something that you're going to be learning, hopefully, for the next, you know, couple of years, maybe rest of your life. I've, I've you know, I compare it to music. I'm going to be learning how to play guitar for the rest of my life. And so I'm not worried about doing the, you know, Stairway to Heaven solo in, on day two. I'm okay just strumming along to, you know, Mary Had a Little Lamb because that's where I am. And so, you know, making sure that you reshift your focus from, I want to be good at Smash to, I'm going to practice to be
1: good at Smash. Is a really important thing. All right, Josh Hafkin, founder and CEO of the Game Gym in Potomac, Maryland. Thank you for joining us on Game On DC, and from all of us to you, we wish you a merry flexmas. <laughs> thank
0: you, uh, John, Joey. You guys are amazing. I, I thank you for for you know building um, and and giving me a platform to. Uh, be able to to talk and and share our story Um, you know you guys were supporters of of ignite and you guys are supporters of what we do and and you know i am so excited to be able to you know be a part of, of game on dc and uh and help grow everything that we're building here with you guys
1: so again thank you guys so much for having me on Joey, with that, let's jump right into our Capitol Coliseum where our Overwatch League team, the Washington Justice, have officially announced all of their players on the roster going into season two. So let's do a quick recap over who we have on the team so far. Right now, our head coach, Wizard Hyung comes over from the New York Excelsior, who also happens to be our very first opponent going into the Overwatch League in stage one. So that is going to be really exciting. Wizard Young coming over from the New York Excelsior, bringing with him an outstanding record in season one and leading a team into the playoffs. They did fall a little bit short, but that's okay. That's fine. New York can fall short. Here in Washington, we're going all the way, baby. So let's take a look at this roster. Let's break it down player by player. First off, the one we already knew about was the tank player, the man himself, Janice, also coming over with his head coach from the New York Excelsior, Janice uh, of South Korea. Uh, he is a tank, also known for his aggressive flanking play style. Uh, I believe his two mains are Winston and Reinhardt, a very aggressive player. Personally, I love me some aggressiveness. Joey, how big is this bringing over not just a leader who has that experience, but someone who has that passion, that drive, that, that, that aggressiveness to really set the tone for this team?
2: John, from coach to player, this is a huge move. You can argue that New York Excelsior was the winningest organization in season one. Yes, the London Spitfire took it home in the end, but if you look over the course of the season, you look at most wins, it came down to New York Excelsior. They continued to thrive throughout the season. A lot of that is on the back of this main tank player, Janice, and on Wizard Chung's coaching. Between those two alone, we have a huge, really, really strong core coming into the Washington Justice.
1: Let's go ahead and move on to our first DPS player, Corey, who is joining us from the contender scene, Gladiators Legion, the uh, LA Gladiators contenders team, with his first experience now on an Overwatch League team with the Washington Justice. Joey, DPS player, he's the first one that we're covering on this list. What can we expect from Corey being a DPS player for the Washington Justice?
2: Yeah, John, Corey, another well-known player in the contender scene, but a lot of these players, when we look at the Washington Justice roster, and we'll talk about it at the end as well, You have a lot of players that have kind of unproven their talents at a higher level. They all played really well at Contenders. Now we have to see how they translate to the main scene. With a legendary coach behind them, I feel like this is going to be an easy transition. It might be a bit shaky at first, but I think there's a lot of potential in a lot of these guys coming up from Contenders, Corey obviously being one of them.
1: Let's move on to our next DPS player, a hometown hero, if you will, as he played on the NRG Contenders team, Stratus. Stratus is known for his uh, signature Farah, Genji, and Tracer, a very solid player. Also, uh, we got a chance to see him in action when we went up to the game gym when NRG was making that their home for practice uh, for, for several weeks while their new team house was being, I'm not going to say constructed, but they they were looking for a new home, essentially, is what happened there. Uh, so we had a chance to see him in action. Really, really awesome to see someone who is already local to the DC team here. Make that jump from contenders with NRG to our Washington Justice.
2: Yeah, and Stratus is going to be one of two players joining us from the NRG competitive scene. I think he's another really good player. Signature Heroes, Pharah, Genji, Tracer, very strong DPS player coming in. I think there's a lot of potential here. Again, contenders seem too main, though. There is that question mark, how will they translate? If we look at him in contenders, again, a very strong player. How does he translate over? And that's going to be a common theme for a lot of these players.
1: Joey, you mentioned another one of his teammates is joining him from that NRG Contenders team. Let's jump over to our first support player and cover his teammate. Synergy is already there. Please welcome to the Washington Justice, your support player, Fosix, who's also coming from that NRG team. We had a chance to see him in action as well. He is known for his signature Ana and Zenyatta. Personally, as a support player myself, Ana and Zenyatta, two of my favorite heroes in the game. Really excited to have him on the team. Really brings that leadership style as a lot of people see him as the leader of the NRG contenders team.
2: And leadership is one of those things you always need with a good team. He might not end up being the biggest leader. There might be other leaders on here. But when you have a talented coach, again, like Wizard Young, he's going to come in. He's going to find the leaders that he needs in that squad. And the leaders are going to mesh together because that's what he does best. It never hurts to have great leaders. But as long as they mesh together, that's going to be the key. But you have a great coaching staff here at the Washington Justice. I think that will not be a problem at all.
1: Let's take a look at our next tank player joining us from Meta Athena. Sansam is coming over to the Washington Justice. Again, tank player known for his Diva play and his Zarya. Really two great, unique style tanks here. Really going to match up well with Janice being the other main tank here. Sansam being more of the off tank role, uh, according to some of his signature champions that he uses. But Joey, Again, another South Korean player coming over from the powerhouse known as Meta Athena. This is exciting.
2: I am super excited for San Sam. I think he was a good player overall, but I don't think he ever raised to his full potential. Again, it comes back to the coach. I think he's going to bring him to that potential. You look at him. He played for Meta Bellum. He played for Meta Athena. We're talking pretty good teams over in Korea. They didn't have first place finishes, but a lot of fifth to sixth place finishes This is going to take him to the next level. It's going to give him a new stage to present himself on, and he is going to thrive on it.
1: Joe, let's take a look at our next DPS player joining us from the Shanghai Dragons, the DPS player known as Ado. Uh, Now, a lot of people were uh, questioning Ado coming into this because he did play for the Shanghai Dragons, a team that went winless in Season 1. A lot of question marks around him, but if there's one thing you need to know, but Otto is is his Genji play. A lot of people said he is probably one of the most mechanically skilled Genjis in the entire league. Granted, yes, again, 0-40 uh, for the Shanghai Dragons, that doesn't mean he wasn't a great player. Again, we have to remember this isn't just a one-player league. It is six v six. You have to have a great team, a great team comp and be have and be able to have that communication. I am excited to have someone. Of this caliber on Genji and Tracer coming to the Washington Justice, regardless of the fact of how he did on the Shanghai Dragons, there are still very talented players. It's something uh, that a lot of people have been saying is, hey, look, Shanghai is a very talented team. They just aren't meshing together. There's a lot of language barriers. There's a lot of just coaching issues and management issues. I think Addo is going to find his place here with the Washington Justice, and we're going to see him go off on Genji.
2: The season one Shanghai Dragons were an experiment gone wrong. You brought in a lot of talented players. There was no lack of talent at all on that team. But like you said, John, language barriers was a big issue. The way they meshed together, I think there could have been multiple leaders on the team as well trying to call shots, and it just did not flow. So to me, the players are great. The coach was not bad. But overall, as an experiment, it did not work out. Addo gets a second chance here. He was with MVP space before, then the Shanghai Dragons for that 12th place finish. He is back. He is ready to be reinvigorated here with the Washington Justice. I'm ready to give him a second chance. I am not down on Addo. He played well in his first season, arguably speaking. Obviously, the team did not, but individually, he did not play badly. I think this is a new stage for him to perform, and I think he will come to the test.
1: All right, let's go over to our next support player, a player that I am personally excited that he is on the Washington Justice. That is a support player known as Giddo coming over from the Seoul Dynasty. Joey, he is known for his Zenyatta and Tracer, so he's a little bit of a flex. He can be that leader in the support role, but if you need that little extra DPS, he's got your back there, too. This signing for Washington Justice is the one that really has me excited the most. I love flex players, especially flex players that know how to support a team and know how to go on the attack or support players that know how to go on the defense as well. That is a unique combination that not a lot of people have in esports nowadays, being able to play two elite roles at a high level in that flex position. I am so excited to have Giddo come over to Washington Justice.
2: Yeah, Giddo is a very talented player. I mean, he played for Lunatic High, who went on a tear when they were playing in the Overwatch League over in China or in Korea. Uh, Seoul Dynasty, obviously, they had a great start to the season, not the best ending, but overall had a pretty good competitive season. Giddo, again, coming to the Washington Justice, coming to a great coach. I cannot say that enough. He is going to be behind one of the best coaches in the Overwatch League. I think we're going to see him continue to excel, but on a different level. Yes, you mentioned he was a flex before, and I think we still see some of that. But the fact that he's listed as a support on the roster means something to me. I think that means they're going to push him to some more support champions or heroes as opposed to just seeing a lot of Zenyatta. I think we're going to see more flexibility there. And he's he's going to become a more well-rounded support as opposed to flexing more to those DPS roles when he needs to. So to me, you're going to get a better, well-rounded support player here in Giddo. And he's going to do a very good job in season one.
1: Let's talk about a guy who knows how to win also. We we touched on the fact that he played for that amazing Lunatic High team in the Apex, season three champions, Lunatic High. He was on that team. He knows what it's like to win. That is someone you want to build your organization around. That is someone you want to bring into your roster. That is someone that's going to be able to drive the other players to play the best versions of themselves going forward. He knows what it takes to get to the mountaintop. He's been there once. He has a great chance of doing it again with this roster. The last player on the roster, he is a support player joining the Washington Justice from the contender scene with World Game Star H2. It's Hyanu coming over to the Washington Justice again in that support role, rounding out the roster.
2: Yeah, another great signing here, John. He went on a tear 2016 to 2017, a ton of first place finishes. He was playing for WNV Korea. He also played Meta Athena, Meta Bellum world game star where he took a bit of a hiatus after that. And now he's here with the Washington justice again, another player I'd like to see more from. He played really well those first two seasons, if you want to call him seasons. But since then we haven't seen as much a few fourth place finishes, a few ninth to 10th place finishes, not enough for me to be impressed. I think the talent is there, but again, he needs that new start. He needs that fresh start that some of these other players do. I think he gets that again, like these other players at the Washington justice.
1: So there you go. That is your roster that head coach Wizard Hyung and assistant general manager Kate have put together for you, the Washington Justice fans out there. Joey, I'm excited for Season 2. I cannot wait for Season 2 to start in February of 2019. I am pumped for all the watch parties that, that are probably going to be popping up here in the D.C. area. And rumor has it we may be taking an away trip down to Atlanta to see an away game, our Washington Justice taking on the Atlanta team, the Atlanta Rain very exciting if that does come to fruition as a group if the community comes together and we all travel down what an amazing experience that will be for esports
2: yeah and it's just a matter of time john it's going to happen whether it's this trip or whether it's another trip we are going to invigorate the washington justice scene we already have fan clubs popping up we have a huge fan club that has arisen and we as fans of the washington justice are just getting ready for the hype that is to come in overwatch league season two John, the Washington Justice is not the only pro team happening with big updates in the area. We actually have a new one joining the fray. That is Capital Esports. They are kicking off with the Capital Esports Face Off, the Chell Classic. I am stoked for this, John. The Capitals, the same organization, Monumental Sports Entertainment, who owns Wizards District Gaming, who is a part of the ownership group Axiomatic, who also owns Team Liquid, is venturing more into esports. They're taking a deeper dive, this time in the sports realm, once again, like Wizards DG. I am stoked for this tournament. The Chell Classic is a 3v3 best of five showcase series against the Tampa Bay Lightning, March 19th at Capital One Arena. Let's talk a little bit about the way we get there. Players will be selected to represent the Capitals at the Chell Classic through competition in the Capitals Esports face-off, qualifying online tournaments slated for January 12th, 19th, 26th, and February 2nd. The final eight participants will then challenge each other at an in-person double elimination tournament February 22nd in D.C., for a shot at one of the coveted final three roster spots and a chance to take home part of a $10,000 prize purse. John, get your team ready, boy. We are catching that money. The in-person tournament and the Chell Classic will be live-streamed on twitch.tv forward slash capitals. Revenue generated from Twitch streams through March 20th will be donated to the Boys and Girls Club of the greater Washington area, an excellent cause there as well. Participants will compete in NHL 19 on PlayStation 4, with the online qualifying being a double elimination bracket moderated by smash.gg. Tampa Bay's online tournament is scheduled for February 2nd, an in-person tournament February 16th at Amalie Arena. I am stoked. Registration opens January 2nd at 9 a.m. John, will you be registering?
1: I don't know. I haven't played NHL in a long time. I used to be pretty good at it. I don't know. I might warm the sticks up and uh, and try my, my shot at this. But what an amazing opportunity this is. I love the fact That the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals are diving headfirst into esports, bringing a very popular sport title in NHL to the esports scene with the local community. And now you have the opportunity to represent the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals that will never get old against the team we defeated in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Tampa Bay Lightning, in their own home arena again. You get a chance to go up against them and knock them off again here just in esports style. That is awesome. That is exciting. I want to see more of this. I want to see more from the Capitals in the esports scene. I want to see an NHL league. I want the Capitals to lead the way. I want other organizations to get involved as well. I think the NHL can do something that a lot of sport titles fail to capture on, and that is that crossover market from traditional sports into esports. I feel like NHL has that same kind of pull that like a FIFA or a Rocket League could possibly have for that crossover. I am incredibly excited for the future of NHL esports and the Washington Capitals in esports. Yeah,
2: John, the big question, we don't have to discuss it too much on this one because there aren't that many details out there. What does this tournament turn into? So obviously we have an esports org being started here. Do we end up seeing this tournament, this NHL esports league, take a similar view as the NBA 2K League down the road? Or do we see it move into a different direction like Madden? That is one thing I'm really excited to see develop as we go.
1: Yeah, that's something we are definitely have to keep an eye on. And when that develops more down the line, we will definitely be bringing it to you right here on Game on DC. We're going to be following the Capitals and their venture into esports as we're excited, just like everyone else in this area is, to be following the Washington Capitals into esports. That will do it for this episode of Game on DC. If you enjoy listening to Game on DC, we want to hear from you. Leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to keep up with all the gaming and esports news right here on the DMV. Joey, where can our listeners go to follow Game on DC?
2: Listeners, head on over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using at Game on DC to find us. You can also use the hashtag, hashtag GoDC.
1: All right, until next time, I'm John. And I'm Joey. Game Game on, on, DC.